the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the best of Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful, informative, irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with a latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the shoe. We have down markets. Down markets. Uh, 10-year treasury pops 1.77. Whoa. As that moves higher, it becomes a headwind for stocks, meaning it's going to be tougher for us to succeed. Only because the cost of money, when it's cheap, we go, well, we're not getting anything for leaving our cash in cash. Therefore, we might as well put it to use. What do we get in bonds? Not good enough. What do we get in stocks? Wait, wait. We've done that well in stocks. Let's just keep doing stocks. That's the idea. It's oversimplified. Don't freak out on me. Stocks opened lower today as interest rates jumped another leg higher. It should mean you'll pay more for a mortgage in three to six months. It should mean you'll pay more for credit card debt. Or your revolving line of credit that might be tied towards the 10-year treasury. It should mean that the discussion to borrow money starts at a higher rate, 1% higher than it was last year at this time. To you and me, that doesn't sound like a lot. But it's exponential year over year of a – it's still low. It's still low. But it's a trend. The 10-year Treasury yield is rose to 1.76%. It closed yesterday at 1.72. It hovered around 1.65. We continue to watch this, and it stuns me that I can somehow milk it for another piece of content here and there because it's not that entertaining to talk about. Snap and Pinterest are down today. Other tech stocks sliding Roku. Upgraded the stock to buy from hold. Roku started by content. Aren't they that streaming stick company that kind of ties together all your streaming apps 
Yes. Google filed today, or Alphabet, stifle upgrade the stock to buy from hold more on Google later. American Airlines, slightly higher, getting an upgrade today. McCormick. I've done more cooking from home this year. And I'm always fascinated on what I'm good at, what I'm bad at. I'm really good with a cast iron skillet. But sometimes the, you know, am I going to do a cream sauce tonight? Am I going to do like an apricot preserve sauce? What am I going to do? It kind of gets in my head. And sometimes I'm just like, how about blackened pork chops? <laughs> how about like we just go real simple? And I think spices. There's nothing wrong with having a spice company like McCormick in your portfolio. Ticker symbol is MKC. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about here, okay? You're like, spice company? Yes, a spice company. Go to the whatever screen you use to take a look at stock charts. You can go to yahoo.com and hit the button that says finance. If you go back to 1997, this was a $6 stock. McCormick, now it's a $92 stock. What? What? <laughs> exactly, right? Now, I would say in the last two years, it's had massive outperformance, going from 40 bucks a share to 90 bucks a share, up 100% in two years. During the pandemic, I'm looking for it. It, it didn't really budge much. So it didn't have a lot of downside because we're going to continue to use spices. We're not, I'm going to get canceled. I know I am. We're not the British where we just boil our chicken. We like to spice it up or zest it up. And I think it's fair to say millennials have a problem with spicy. They may need to go see the doctor. Um, in large part, if you take a look at any of the Doritos that are out there, Flaming Hot, Sriracha, Anything to move product has spices on it right now. Right? Just throwing it out there for you. So I'm not against a McCormick. It's probably the most boring stock you could buy. Salt and pepper. Oregano. Black and Cajun. Spices. Like, but I have more, I have a drawer dedicated to spices. A whole drawer. That's too much. <clears throat> I mean, you get this idea like, but I buy my spices only as much as I need at Whole Foods. I'm like, I ain't going at Whole Foods because it's a whole paycheck. Sorry. Sorry, lady. You're not going to fool me on that one. Godzilla versus Kong is being released into movie theaters. $122 million already made internationally. I'm stoked to say that out loud. I'm not saying we're back, baby. I'm not going to go all, you know, sports announcer on you. Baby, we're back. We're back, 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 back. But it is nice to see. Now, again, in the coming weeks, will we pay the price for reopening? Florida certainly looks like they are. Man, some of those Florida uh, spring break pictures are just awesome. Just throw it out, out there for you. Um, I'm stoked that we're talking about movies making $100 million. A, I think they're a nice fantasy relief for us. And B, I think they're a nice fantasy relief for us after a year of being freaked out and anxious about germs flying through the air. Um, again, I'm still being very, very cautious to the point that I want to go, but I won't. But will I watch it Wednesday night with my boys? I will. We prepared in the last couple of weeks by watching Kong and Godzilla. 
And my kid was like, is that really Bobby Brown? I'm like, yeah. So I think they've got a little bit of a crush on her from Stranger Things Netflix, right? Which I totally get. I think it's great to have crushes. I think it's fantastic to have crushes. Anyhow, and anyway, let's take a look at the stock market, shall we? Negative open tech sector weighs in as a negative today. Relative strength in financial stocks. Um, there is a pretty good story out there at this point in time tied towards banks starting to pay dividends again. And why now may be a good time to start thinking about buying a dividend-paying stock. There's a lot of talk on Wall Street from my friends about Democrats are poised to raise taxes on business and the rich. It looks like we're looking at somewhere two to three trillion dollars of new taxes to cover three to four trillion dollars in infrastructure spending. That can have a serious side effect consequence on the stock market. So is now the time to look for something boring like McKesson or not McKesson? I'm sorry, McCormick. Oh, big difference between those two. Now's a great time to start shopping less on what you consider value and what you consider growth. Um, I'm not saying this is you know kickball. You don't have to pick one or the other. But you should have a shopping list. And that's why I put together that segment the way I did for you. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Podcast is Rob Black and Your Money. Available on Apple, but you can f- subscribe to it at robblackshow.com. Find me online at robblackshow.com. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. I'm Rob Black. Portions of our programming are brought to you by our good friends at Provident Credit Union with 21 Bay Area locations to serve you and your banking needs. Now, back to Rob Black and your money with your host, Rob Black, on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDOW. So one of the things that we're going to have hanging over us in the future. Where is he going with this? He, he emphasized the word hanging over. Are memes about drinking during the quarantine and day one of the quarantine and you, you look like Mary Poppins and day 14 you look like a raging alcoholic on the floor covered in your own vomit. And we're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That sums up quarantine perfectly, right? The jokes seem pretty harmless. It's always cocktail hour in crisis. Seems pretty crass. Conan O'Brien is living on the tweets, suggesting we all agree to raise the bar for what's considered an alcoholic. That's cute. We're raising the bar, our standards on what an alcoholic is or is, because we're going to let you get away with a little bit more during a pandemic. My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. 
Drinking a little bit more than usual is not a crime. But keep in mind, in the state of California, if you drink and drive, you're probably looking at about costs of about $10,000 on a DUI on the first one and up to $20,000 on the second one. All right, all right, all right. And that includes doing driving schools and situations like that. Fines. It's not worth it. Do not drink and drive. Um, and I got to admit, I got to think for a lot of AA people, this is a really, really tough time because they're not able to get to their meetings as easily. Um, so just throw that out there. And what do we do as a society when we're making day drinking a little bit more casual? Well, we financially take advantage of it, no? Yes. Truly, Bud Light Michelob Ultra have introduced new hard seltzer flavors for 2021. I didn't even know what Truly was until 2019, the summer of 2019. Where were you in the summer of 2019? I was a youth. I was on a boat in summer camp. A beautiful woman says, hey, you want a drink? I'm like, sure. And she handed it to me, and it was this refreshingly lovely, delightful, delicious, bubbly, fizzy, grapefruit-flavored seltzer. And I was like, ooh. This is nice. And she goes, it's got a little bit of a kick to it. So I'm not romanticizing that too much, am I? (laughs) It's a pretty darn new category. And no, I wasn't in summer camp two years ago. But I did uh, pick it up at a a friend's picnic. And go, what the hell is this? So hard salsa boom started a couple years ago. But it grew over the pandemic. And now we're starting to see it get a, a growth category for the manufacturers. This is a trend of sorts, right? But listen to what directions it's going. Bud Light, instead of just doing the hard seltzer, they've now introduced a lemonade. Okay, okay. We know there's hard lemonade, you know, drinks that are flavored with lemonade flavors, and they have some alcohol in them. They've already, we already know about hard lemonade, Rob, right? Yeah. But now they're doing a hard lemonade flavored seltzer. They typically contain 80 to 100 calories, which is... Okay. I mean, it's, it's on the low side for an alcoholic drink, right? Usually zero to one grams of sugar, which is positive, And it comes in pretty cool, pretty easy to put in the dash of your car. Slim cans. Oh, that was just a joke. That was just a joke about putting in the dash of your car. Um, cancel culture. So, you know, in high school, I probably would have been canceled because I wrote for the school newspaper. And I, you know, good God, you wrote for the school newspaper, Yes. I wrote an article called Mad. And anyone who's ever been to high school in America knows Mothers Against Drunk Driving. But I wrote it as Mothers Against Duran Duran. And I, it was a total parody. I got to think I would have been kicked out of school today. Yes, I, I knew that. I would have been fired, right? I think so. So Michelob Ultra is adding an organic seltzer, which, again, do we need an organic seltzer? I guess so. Because Bud Light's adding, Michelob Ultra's adding, Truly's adding. Um, they're doing a iced tea. So we're getting lemonades, iced teas. We're getting craft brewers coming up with the crazier stuff. When I say crazier, they're, they're the ones who kind of lead in innovation and flavors. But that's how companies like Budweiser and companies like Sam Adams grow. White Claw, public, not publicly traded. If they were, I would be investing in it. Or I would at least, no, no, let me be very, very correct when I say this. I would be considering investing in it. Yesterday, we learned that a California city, Paloma, just moved to ban the production of any new gas stations. 
Huh. And they're going to make it easier for permits to get into electric vehicle charging stations. That's an interesting one. If I had money to start a business right now, and I wanted to start a franchise, maybe I'm going to get into an EV charging station location kind of thing. But what would I do? Because right now when you have a Tesla, I think a lot of the supercharging stations are involved in like Tesla store areas. Some of them are in local restaurants. Many of them are in Best Buy parking lots or in strip mall parking lots. But you get there and you start plugging it in. And you're like, okay, we got 20 minutes. What are we going to do? We're not going to talk to each other. <clears throat> Hand me the truly. You're driving. Well, I'm not really driving. It's a Tesla. Well, okay then. Drinking and driving is not permitted or condoned in the state of California. Please understand the law. And the law is there for your safety and protection. But there's, there isn't a lot to do when you're charging. So if I were to come up with something, what would I do? Maybe a, a workout thing? Maybe a, a bar? No. Uh, maybe a, a food court near it. That's right, Jack. I don't know. So, but to me, the real story there is supercharging network stations. It's one of the advantages Tesla has. Tesla's really showing the car companies new business models that, for some reason, they've never thought of themselves, like insurance. Um, Tesla does insurance. Tesla is reinventing the car market for the good of Ford and GM and others. Teaching them ways of skinning the cat, of which I saw Volvo is going all online. I don't know how I think about that. Do there's there there was a joy pre-pandemic of going to the dealership and saying, let's go for a test ride. And now they're saying, nah, we you don't you don't need to go that direction. So they're gonna start selling cars online, which then you gotta get it worked on. There's gonna be some problems, right? Volvo's becoming the latest automaker to commit to selling only electric vehicles. It's a Chinese-owned Swedish automotive automotive brand. It plans to sell only electric cars by 2030. Now, again, look at the calendar, and you go, "Well, that's so many years away." But look at this year; it's already March. The year is one sixth the way through. It goes by fast. General Motors who has Chevy, Cadillac, GMC. They announced plans to convert its entire lineup of light-duty vehicles into battery-powered cars by 2035. Jaguar also announced its Jaguar brand would go all-electric by 2025. 2025? That's only four years to buy a gas-powered Jaguar. I do kind of like Jaguar. I don't own a fancy car. I don't like fancy cars. I'm not a big fancy car enthusiast. But when I see Jaguars, I go, that's a pretty good-looking paint job. Anyhow, and anyway, you can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Please do not day drink, even though this segment was heavily based in day drinking. I'm Rob Black. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Markets filled with stories each and every day. Today, 
know, the White House says they're going to speed up the vaccine timeline by two months. Treasury yields are weighing on the market, telling us maybe inflation is approaching or it is telling us inflation is approaching. Do we believe it or not? Big tech stocks seem to be the wrong place to be right now. Let's bring in the one, the only Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com to discuss what he's seeing in the markets. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, good morning, Rob. I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, I start my day every day with your page one, and today was no different. And first thing you start, and you kind of remind me, 10-year treasury is kind of driving the markets in the short term. Is that fair to say as far as professional investors, or am I off base in my analysis of your penmanship? No, I, I think that's accurate. Uh, the market has clearly uh, placed uh, newfound attention on what's going on in the treasury market. Um, you know, we hear every day, of course, uh, a lot of the good things about what's going on with the vaccine approvals and the increasing adoption of, of vaccinations and, uh, you know, and hearing about economies opening up or easing lockdown measures, right? But, you know, these are all things that the market has run up so strongly on, though, right? It was on, on the good news, on the expected good news. And so now that you're, you're hearing it and you're seeing it, um, you're not getting the same demonstrative uh, response that we saw several months ago um, when it was more visionary for a forward-looking market. Um, mm-hmm. So now what the market does, it pivots in a way to think about those things that might interrupt this rosy scenario. And one of the things it has on its mind clearly is the potential spoiler, which you and I have talked about before, uh, the potential spoiler of rising long-term rates uh, uh, for this bull market. And so, you know, at just under 1.5%, I think we can all agree that, you know, nominal rates are, are still you know, not high by any stretch of the imagination from a historical perspective. But the speed and the rate of change at which we've gotten to that point is what's been a little bit alarming here for the market and why you've seen the, the equity market, I think, kind of uh, churn here, if you will, for the past month where it really hasn't done anything despite some uh, notable intraday gyrations. Well said. Um, and again, it's just, it's a weird one to talk about because a lot of people don't think about inflation. But I saw a big sign the other day that said food prices, uh, restaurant prices, all 10% higher. I was like, ooh, that one hurts just a bit. But uh, that's the realistic version of the 10-year treasury, if that makes any sense. But um, taking a look further in your, your, your writings day, I think the jobs report is looming large on Friday. Um, Germany is considering easing some lockdowns. Biden is promising or stating that there will be enough vaccine doses for all Americans by the end of May. It seems like we should be focusing on reopening trade, which I guess we have. And now we're starting to focus on reopening trade moving towards inflation. So maybe the pieces of the puzzle are coming together. Um, any thoughts on the reopening trade? Because like Lyft, you did a little piece on that today, and I kind of lifted a little bit of it from you. That To me, that's a sign of positive economic growth. Um, right. For, right. No, I think you're onto something there. And you, and you can see it in the relative strength factors within the equity market. Um, I mean, even this morning, you know, you're looking at uh, there's three sectors that are up energy, okay. financials and industrials. Right. Um, that will all probably change. It may not. Uh, well, most likely will by the end of the day. 
Uh, maybe there's more sectors that join those sectors. Maybe they fade. I don't know. But for, for right now, you're seeing, again, you know, some of the relative strength in those areas that are going to be best positioned to benefit from the from the reopening, you know, and certainly, you know, ride sharing service like Lyft, um, you know, fits that bill. They, they raised their, you know, adjusted EBITDA loss expectation for the first quarter. Um, okay. That's, you know, that's good to hear. Um, in terms of, you know, the employment report, uh, it's always a focal point, of course, you know, you want to see an acceleration in hiring activity. Um, but I do think that the market is, um, you know, when you extrapolate from the recent news that we heard about, you know, Texas and Mississippi basically um, uh, going to a point where they're allowed businesses, most businesses anyway, to operate at 100 percent capacity, um, you know, you should see hiring activity pick up. So I think, you know, the market might be willing to look past yet another weakish payrolls number uh, for February because it knows based on things like President Biden saying that all adults in the U.S. should be uh, have an option to get a vaccine by the end of May and, and knowing that more states are relaxing their um, COVID restrictions and knowing that we're on the cusp of a, you know, let's call it a $1.5 trillion plus stimulus plan being approved, which is likely to include $1,400 direct stimulus checks for a whole lot of people and their dependents. And, uh, you know, the market will continue to sense that things are going to get better economically. So uh, I think the probably if there's a focal point within that employment report, it's going to be on that average hourly earnings number because the market is getting more increasingly sensitive to uh, to inflation readings, right? Uh, we want to see earnings go up. That's a good thing because it, it creates potential for more spending activity, uh, even savings activity. And, uh, you know, what I wrote about last Friday in my big picture column was all about this extremely high personal savings rate, which is loaded with pent-up spending potential. So I don't think the economic recovery is in question at all right now in the market's mind. Uh, the only thing that's in question in the market's mind is whether that recovery will lead to a rapid pickup in interest rates uh, that maybe even the Fed's not accounting for that can get in the way of uh, a highly valued stock market. <laughs> Inside your page one column at briefing.com, which again is, I think it's a must read, which I'm stoked that I get to talk to the author. Um, there's mention of SPACs and companies coming public as an IPO versus you put a little sarcasm in there when you said, remember IPOs? What do you think <laughs> about the whole SPAC market? Because our listeners right now are a lot of retail listeners, investors, hmm. and they want that sexy IPO or they want that sexy rocket company or they want that sexy um, blank check company that's thrown down some money into another hot sector. Uh, SPACs, good or bad in your opinion? Because I don't have an opinion yet, and I'm heavily counting on you. <laughs> well, you know, as I as I see the the rush of SPACs hit the market, um, I, I don't want to make this sound too alarmist, but it does remind me a little bit of that dot com period when you had so many companies coming public then just to put a dot-com on the other name and the market was very receptive and loving the idea of that. So that brought a whole lot of new supply to the market. And, um, you know, and initially that was okay. It was, it was, it was digested and, and it was taken down with, with ease. Uh, there was a lot of liquidity and, and a lot of excitement around that, uh, around those new issues. 
Um, you know, you see some of the, the speculative activity in, in SPACs, obviously, as, as um, you know, as they announce mergers with companies that are not making any money, um, some, you know, hardly generate any revenue. And, uh, but companies, you know, not projected to make money until 2025, 2026, and so on, and yet they're afforded multi-billion dollar market capitalizations. Um, so it's a little bit um, concerning, frankly, you know, as I look at, you know, the market structure and um, because it is a sign of speculative excess in, in, in some ways. Um, there are legitimate companies clearly in this space, but uh, but it's something just to, you know, I think investors should be should be mindful of as they, uh, you know, try to chase after these things because they're not all not all going to live up to those expectations. And, uh, and we've got the lesson of the dot-com era and the new supply that came to the market then as, um, as an unfortunate example. We've got about two and a half minutes left, and I've kind of believed the conversation so far. I'll let you point out anything you're working on or anything that you see as useful information that you'd like to pass on and share with the audience. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, again, you know, we've talked a lot about in this interview, Rob, you know, interest rates, right? And um, that's going to be with us all year. Um, you know, I said that, uh, you know, in our market uh, view piece that we published at the end of 2020, you know, that interest rates were going to be the focal point in 2021. And, um, you know, one of the things I'm contemplating here is you look at a 10-year at one and a half percent, which, you know, we're making a lot to do about how how rates have come up. I don't think the question is, you know, you know, um, why are rates at one and a half percent? The question is, why aren't they even, why aren't they much higher, right? At the Atlanta Fed right now projecting, I think it's, you know, 10 percent annualized GDP growth in the first quarter, and you've got a nominal 10-year yield at under 1.5%. So I think the main message in this, though, is that the path for market rates uh, of least resistance is going to continue to be higher here, and treasuries are probably not the place anyone wants to be, really, at this moment in time. We've got about 45 seconds left. Anything else we should (laughs) note before we say goodbye? Sure. Uh, you know, I, I draw your uh, uh, listeners' attention to you know we, to a lot of these mega cap stocks, obviously that were all the rage uh, during the when the pandemic really got going. I probably know what those are: Facebook, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, uh, whatnot. Um, there's a lot of talk right now about concerns about difficult comparisons as they relate to sales and earnings per share estimates. Um, but something you should keep in mind is that a lot of these stocks also just simply face a lot of uh, stock price rate of change comparisons. And you're seeing these stocks trend sideways here for months now because they had such rapid moves higher. And I think you can extrapolate that to other stocks that we see in the market where you might see more of a time-based correction necessarily than just a, a full-on price correction. So uh, for some other smaller plays that have made big moves, keep an eye out on those uh, losing some of their momentum and and, uh, fading away. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com giving us some perspectives on the market with valuable insight and news. Briefing.com is a valuable source of both domestic and international news concerning financial markets. I enjoy it. It's my favorite. I'm Rob Black. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
never get old Why did the chicken not cross the road? Because there was a KFC on the other side. What did the chicken do when he saw a $20 fill-up? Hey, do you remember the $20 KFC fill-up bucket? She kicked the bucket. Why did the chicken go to KFC? To see his brother. Why did the rooster go to KFC? This one's X-rated. He wanted to get to see the chicken strip. (laughs) Why did the drummer go to KFC? Because he needed drumsticks. I could do this all day. I won't. Oh, I remember being a kid, and I don't know if you can tell these jokes anymore, especially since KFC, the colonel, kind of looks like a southern plantation owner. Your mama's so fat, when she goes to KFC, she asks for the bucket that's on top of the restaurant. Your mother is so fat, her blood type is KFC. Your mama is so poor when she goes to KFC, she has to lick other people's fingers. Oh, snap! Oh, you did! Yeah, I did. Um, okay. I'm clearly going to talk about KFC. Taco Bell. Uh, the parent company of KFC and Taco Bell is Yum Brands. They own them both. And they also own Pizza. Um, they're buying some technology. Yum Brands, the parent of Taco Bell, Pizza KFC, is buying a lot of tech companies right now. And you're like, wait, wait, crappy pizza, um, chicken that doesn't really look like the chicken that we get at stores. When you pull it off the bone, it just like falls out. Tacos, which I don't think anyone's really comfortable eating a taco, a beef taco that's 82% meat. (laughs) What's the other 18%? Mm. Fillers. Okay. Let's talk about that word for a second. Yum Brands saw sales surge 45% last year in digital business. Yum Brands, whose more than 50,000 restaurants are spread throughout the world, worldwide company, where in Japan, I think it's Thanksgiving or Christmas. It's Christmas. It's, it's a big thing to get Kentucky Fried Chicken. My brother lives in Japan now. I, I need to ask him about that. Um, but they bought a company called TikTok. Cute, right? It's an ordering and it's an order and marketing platform. The purchases is the second in the tech focused acquisition. Uh, Yum bought the consumer insights company Kivantum. A lot of artificial intelligence. A lot of how can we continue to see a forty five percent surge? COVID was pretty good for fast food if you had the ability to get it to the customer versus the customer coming in and sitting at those horrible plastic tables. Now, why are they buying all this stuff? Consumer demand for convenient, fast, and frictionless orders. Frictionless orders. At the same, like, for instance, I can pay for my, my bills now when I'm at, a, like, a grocery store or a convenience store with my watch. That's awesome. I don't even have to 
oh, I, I, I don't have the energy to put my hand in my back pocket and pull out a wallet. I just dink. So the two tech purchases are broadening online ordering options, trying to use artificial intelligence to adapt menus and marketing spend to meet consumer demands. I saw earlier this week, there's a YouTube guy, the Vlog Squad, that one of the members of his crew is being accused of rape, and every sponsor pulled away from. Fantastic. I get it. But I was kind of interested. It was like companies like DoorDash. It was companies, it it was the fast food ordering. So I'm like, okay, so DoorDash is clearly spending money on marketing. Taco Bell, KFC, Pizza Hut kind of all want to work this all out. What works best? Is it texting? Is it chat channels? Is it vlog squads? Is it WhatsApp? Is it Facebook Messenger? Is it QR codes? Is it email? I've never really gotten the QR code thing. I, I, for some reason, they're like, take a picture of this code and we'll send you a, re- a coupon. Mm, I don't know if I really want to take a picture of it kind of thing. So TikTok's platform integrates with Yum's point-of-sale systems. The technology can be deployed for all types of orders, delivery, curbside pickup, and restaurant dining. Yum brands have been using TikTok's technology in 900 KFC, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell restaurants in 35 countries already, so why not buy them? Acquisition gives them more information on their customers. At the same time, it makes for easier for the consumers to order. I like easy. Highly engaged customers buy 90% more often and pay 60% more per transaction. If you can get, and this is, I'm I'm studying a new um, technology that digital publishers like newspapers are trying to use. They are having a problem with what Facebook Apple, Apple's most important product right now, and this is a stun you. It's not the iPad. It's not the iPods. It's not, or the AirPods. It's not the Mac. It's not even the phone. Apple's best product that they're selling right now is privacy. And that's freaked out advertisers who want to reach you. Apple's as high as it is because they seem to care about us. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But AI-driven insights need us to sign up. They need us to say how much we make. They need us to say um, – they can track us easily. They can say, oh, you bought 4.7 times last month. Let's see if we can get you up to 5.2. So I kind of like that KFC, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell is going all 21st century on us. And I kind of like that like the menu innovation. If chicken strips are the driver of acquisitions or frequency, they need to develop more chicken strips. Spicy, sriracha, spicy, um, Indian spice. Like, I, I don't know. Curry, chicken wings, I don't know. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.